0: Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We inspire executives, professionals, and business-savvy women to better their finances and overcome the financial stresses of life. We do all of this by giving the advice you need to identify your goals and the confidence to achieve them so you can retire to a life you love. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to win financially as Michelle draws from years of expertise and talks with today's top business minds about their wins, failures, and best practices.
1: Hello and welcome to the Retire to a Life You Love podcast with your host, Michelle Gessner. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Wendy. How are you today? I'm good. It's a very exciting day, isn't it? It is. It is. I am so excited because today we have a special guest. And before I introduce her and the topic, what I want to just mention is we've been talking about all things financial, getting yourself ready for retirement and making sure that your finances are in order and all of that, that it entails. But today we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about what you are retiring to. So your actual life in retirement, how, how, you know, what it should look like, what you want it to look like. And we are talking today to Glenda Cole, who has crafted what she calls in her own words, her storybook life in retirement. So Glenda comes to us right now from Portugal. She lives in Portugal uh, she's an American. She had a, a very robust career as the vice president of marketing and sponsorship for a, a U.S developer of, of luxury shopping mall. She had this high powered career, uh, managing people. I think she said hundred professionals with a a, a a big budget of 60 million dollars. she was she was very busy. And when she chose to retire, she chose Portugal. And now she's got a beautiful life. And so we've got lots of questions for her about how she did that and and what she does in Portugal and what her life looks like. And I also want to add before I I, uh, bring her in here, uh, she currently writes content and appears as a a speaker for International Living Magazine. So welcome, Glenda Cole. Thank you, Michelle. I am
2: so pleased to be here. I'm always happy to ramble on and on about my storybook life.
1: Well, we are excited. We want to hear all about it. We've got a ton of questions. So I think the first thing we want to know is, can you tell us your story as to why you chose to move to Portugal?
2: Well, that's a bit of a long story, but it started with the love of travel, certainly. And I was traveling extensively for work, for that high-powered job. I was traveling all over domestic US, uh, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. I was spending a lot of time changing time zones. And crazily enough, I did that all year. And then for my vacations, I would travel again and go to exotic, fun adventure trips with friends and with my son all over the world. And about five years before I was thinking, I think I'm about five years away from retirement, um, I thought, how am I gonna pick? The plan was, Maybe I would spend, I was going to sell everything, but my boat. And I was going to live on the boat in Michigan in the summer. And then, of course, you're not going to live on a boat in Michigan in the winter. So I was going to go somewhere lovely, fabulous, with warm weather, in an exotic location. And how do I pick this spot in the world? So International Living Magazine that I now write for, at that time I was an avid reader. And they do an annual retirement index, where they rank countries based on sort of a number of variables. So spreadsheet nerd that I am. I created my own version of that. I weighted variables that were most important to me, and lo and behold, five countries popped out. And they were Malta, Panama, the south of Spain, Costa del Sol, the Algarve in Portugal, the southern coast, and Costa Rica. So I embarked on a five-year adventure to visit those countries and see if, you know, one of them became the paradise that I wanted to live in. I could only go, my son went with me and he was in med school year round. So we only had holidays. So every Christmas and New Year's for four years, we did Malta, Panama, South of Spain. We came here to Portugal and we never made it to Costa Rica. I fell in love (laughs) with Portugal.
1: (laughs) Wow. And you, and you had your sights set on an international lifestyle just because of your exposure to international living magazine. And also to and, get away from the winners, maybe, of Michigan? Yes,
2: definitely get away from the winners, which I could, certainly could have done in a Florida. But I really loved the the lifestyle of Europe. And I'd done a lot of trips to Europe with friends and my son. And I just, there there's something about living in Europe that is calming and relaxing. And Lord knows the stress of the job. I needed to, to escape a little bit. And. Five years later, uh, I thought, wow, it was even tougher than when I first started. The stress was growing on every front in the US, it felt like. So I really needed this escape. So I embarked on my trips, which were a riot in and of themselves, but Portugal was paradise.
1: So I wanna I wanna ask you a few questions about how, but before we we get into all that, can you tell us specifically what you enjoy the most about living there? You you mentioned the European lifestyle and specifically. Portugal. So help us understand that a little bit.
2: You know, it's always a tough question to answer, Michelle, because it's such a big answer. And it sounds a little corny to say this, because when I put it all together about, oh, yeah, there's cost of living and the weather and the bottom line is, I'm happier here and people are happier here, which sounds ridiculous. It sounds like a Disney movie, but it is true. When I go back home, I spend August back in the States, and I'm always struck by the sort of Ugly resting face in the U.S. versus in Portugal. People are stressed. You can see it in their faces. People are are just rushing around and having to. Get... And when in Portugal it's laid back, people are smiling, strangers wave hello. You know, it sounds like maybe RFD, but it is so true. It's just a different way of life. And it's hard to encapsulate in what I love the most because I can live so well here on the cost of living that that's certainly a big part of why I'm smiling every day but in, in general it's because I'm happier every single day of my life
1: so let's talk about the cost of living I know that our listeners are probably thinking well that's probably expensive over there but you just said the cost of living is lower so can you tell us a little bit more about that how expensive is it to live there
2: Yes, I have done a lot of research. Not, of course, I live, so I know what I pay every day. But I've done a lot of research on different lifestyles for International Living Magazine. I talked about them at the Denver Conference. And the truth is, you actually, it's one of the few countries that I think you can live well on your Social Security here. Now, that would mean a different life than the one I live. That would mean you'd probably live in a city here. You wouldn't own a car. You'd use transportation, public transportation. You would go on the um, national health care system, which is free and good. It just it would be long waits. And so that kind of lifestyle, you literally can live pretty well and a very European lifestyle for about $30,000 a year. Now you take that up the spectrum and live. I have a stunning villa on a golf course. I look out every day at the rolling hills and the, the ocean and think, I can't believe I live here. I'd be living in the servants quarters if I was in the US. And I have a gardener and I have a pool boy and I and of course, I paid what we would call an HOA to live on a golf course. And that's sort of the very upper end lifestyle. Um, And you could can do that here for about seventy five thousand U.S. dollars a year. So it's, it's incredible to live like this. As I said, I could never live like this in the U.S.
1: I know you have some videos that uh, give a tour of your house and some other things that you talk about in more detail, and we'll be sure to mention how people can get in touch with you and see those videos uh, at the end of our our episode here. But I do want to ask you about what you like the least, because it can't be all perfect, right? I mean, there's got to be something. What do you like the least? What adjustments have you had to make?
2: Okay. So yes, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. It's mostly unicorns and rainbows. But I will tell you the one thing that drives me nuts here is I could never work for a living here because there is no sense of deadline. You know, part of that laid back lifestyle comes with it, people don't answer the phone. People don't respond to an email deadlines. Eh, my handyman shows up when it's not raining and the stars align. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a different thing and tie that in with bureaucracy now when you need to get something done through the government and you just have to take a chill pill. It is it is really tough to think I'm calling the immigration office and they hang up on me. Don't they want to speak to people for immigrants? So it can be very frustrating on that end. But I will tell you what, given that's one factor and that's sort of the flip side of that is why it's so wonderful to live here and relaxing and lovely that you just got to say, I got to put my American-ness. On hold. I've talked to other Americans who've moved here and they feel the same way. Everything else is so magnificent the food, the over 300 days of sunshine a year, the spectacular views, the people, the lifestyle. It's well worth dealing with some bureaucrats that make you crazy.
1: So you live in the little town of Lagos, which is on the the southern coast of Portugal, which is called the Algarve. Is that, do I have that right? I'm
2: actually. You're close. I'm about 15 minutes outside of Lagos in an even tinier town called Budenge. Um, I'm in Lagos pretty much every day, though. Lagos is a big city. It's a small town, but it has everything in it. It's got every restaurant you could want, every genre of food. And it's all spectacular. There are a number of terrific grocery stores. There's some retail. It is just a charming, charming place to live.
1: Can, can you? a question? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Wendy. So do they have like Red Lobster or lobster? <laughs> like <do you> think- <laughs> every kind of restaurant? I'm just curious. <laughs>
2: Thank God they don't have Red Lobster because <laughs> the seafood here is so much better. <laughs> but yes, they, they have the equivalent of Red Lobster is every little corner restaurant here, only about a thousand times better with seafood. So you can go to a fish market where they literally are catching it and hauling it out that day. There are a couple of restaurants here that. If you call the day before, they have a number of dishes. Like one of my favorite is monkfish stew. They make this incredible monkfish stew. You can call the day ahead and they ask their fishermen to fish for it the next day
1: for you. So
2: wow. believe, believe me when I say red lobster, eh, forget it. Never again.
1: Oh, so they don't have the chains and stuff that, that you're you know referring to, but it's better. I get it. I get it.
2: Now, I will say that once in a while, you know, you Jones for a little something like a double cheeseburger McDonald's. And they do have McDonald's in oh, Lagos.
1: Of course yeah. they do. McDonald's is everywhere. There is yeah, there is one
2: McDonald's in Lagos. And every once in a while, I've got to make the trip.
1: So tell me how long you've lived there. When, when did you arrive in Portugal?
2: So I did the first thing, which was the experiment of living here in the winters and on my boat in the summers. I, I initially started that way. And I did three winters here. And now I've been here. And then it got to the point where I didn't want to go home. So I've now been two years here permanently. In fact, just last week
1: was two years. Wow. Okay. So what do you do with your time there? What's your What's your lifestyle look like? Do you have friends? Do you What, what do you do?
2: So it's a blast. So I do whatever I want. The truth is, when I was first here and I didn't know a lot of people, every Thursday, I picked up this newspaper at the Portugal resident, and they list all the crazy fun things to do in, in the entire Southern coast from the sausage festival and the sweet potato festival and every market that's happening, the farmer's markets, the live music shows, the endless, the cultural center in Lagos has all these things. there. So initially I did a lot of those one-off fun, had a, and I still do quite a bit of that, but the, when you're here full-time and you start making friends now you I'm always saying trying to fit someone in let's go to dinner let's go to lunch let's take a walk on the cliffs I, I there is the most stunning this entire coast is filled with cliffs overlooking the ocean and they have boardwalks and these beautiful fields of flowers It's truly like a storybook and um, the one of my the most beautiful ones is Ponte Piedad and it's literally a 10-minute drive from my house so I walk there occasionally meet friends to walk there and then, of course, explore all these wonderful, incredibly cheap, incredibly good restaurants. Um, My boyfriend, Glenn, plays tennis several times a week. We've made a ton of friends there. We live on a golf course, but we don't play golf. A lot of people golf here. The Algarve is known throughout Europe. It's a kind of a year-round place you can play golf. So there's a ton of beautiful courses in one of which I live on. And I will say I do... I I joined the Casa Social Club, and for a while I was the social secretary. I filled in for uh, someone who was on break, and I taught Hawaiian dancing at a luau, and I planned a wine tasting, and they've asked me to do those things again, even though I'm not the social secretary anymore, so I'm going to do those every year. Uh, I just started a couple months ago volunteering for an organization called Madrugada. They they provide hospice, end-of-life care here completely for free and the equipment, all the equipment you need, but I I don't volunteer in hospice. Uh, I volunteer in their retail stores. That's how they have four stores here. That's how they raise money to provide free hospice throughout the Algarve. It's a tremendous organization. I'm really enjoying that. I also write for the local paper, the Portugal resident that I used to read. I have a monthly column there. Um, and I'm, I'm still doing my... I thought I retired. I don't know how this happened, but I'm still doing all those projects you mentioned for international living. Um, we have a um, Actually, there's a, it's sold out, but we have a conference coming up in the Algarve, uh, the first one ever through international living. And I'm going to be speaking at that for them.
1: Hi, it's Michelle. Do you want some more information about some of the topics we've been discussing? I've got good news. After teaching in-person classes on retirement planning for years at local community colleges, I've put together some webinars you can listen to in the comfort of your own home on various topics such as estate planning, avoiding tax pitfalls in retirement, and various other topics. Reach out to us for the webinar replays, and we would be happy to send them to you. You can find all of my contact information, including my social channels in today's show notes. Now let's get back to today's episode. So you, you, it sounds like you have you, you don't have to speak Portuguese. Uh, I think people no. are probably wondering about that. Do you are you surrounded with with English speakers or or what's the language barrier?
2: So I said the biggest. I thought there would be this huge Portuguese language barrier. The Portuguese, the Portuguese all speak English. The any language barrier is the Brit. So I've learned lots of things like bits <laughs> and bobs and all of those lovely British. You're brilliant in all the British things. I even wrote an article about translating American to English. Honestly it's tough to get someone to answer you in Portuguese. I try to practice my fledgling Portuguese. So you can be in the grocery store. I walk up and say, Bom dia to practice my Portuguese. And someone says, how you doing back to me, the Portuguese You know, person at the <laughs> register. So it is, it is difficult to even practice here because it's so well-spoken throughout the Algarve. The Brits have been retiring here for generations. So everyone speaks English. They teach it very young in all the school systems, And in a big city, if you decide on city living, or certainly the Algarve, you don't need, frankly, a word of Portuguese. If you want to live in the countryside and you know raise goats, you're probably going to need some Portuguese. But other than that, <laughs> honestly, you don't need it.
1: So it sounds like there's a lot of international folks in your area: Americans, British. Is that would that be fair? A fair statement?
2: Oh my gosh, yes. We have British friends. Uh, we have Irish friends. We have there are Swedish friends. Our neighbors are German. It is. A really eclectic mix of people. And the thing we all have in common that really binds us together is how much we love this life. It's it's amazing how no matter what walk of life or where people are from, we all are just bonded in our love of the lifestyle we live.
1: Yeah, it sounds it sounds beautiful. So can you talk a little bit about how difficult it is to and I don't I don't want to get into the weeds because I know there's a lot of bits and pieces, but in general, how difficult is it to get the visa that you need to live there?
2: Right. So you need a residency visa to live here. And it's the toughest part is when you're in the States, you have to apply for it before you come here and you have to get a four month long stay visa. And then once you're in Portugal, you go for your two years. And there's a website. What is it? VFSglobal.com. They have a checklist of all the things you need to put together. And you need things like you have to have proof of income that you're not going obviously social security qualifies it's so low it's absurd um you have to show that you have a place to live so you have to have a place rented for four months before you come to portugal which is easy to do um so you need to put all those things together you need to have an fbi check and those it takes frankly i'd leave myself 90 days once you do that in the u.s and get all that together and you get your little in your passport they put a, a visa on that visa is a little i didn't know it which is why i always tell people there's a little tiny tiny type that tells you they've already made an appointment for you in Portugal. So once you, you make that appointment, I I was loaded for bear. I had every possible folder. I was ready to go. I walked in 20 minutes later, some fingerprints. I had my two year visa. It was very simple once I was in Portugal and I just renewed it last week for another two years. And then you, you go for a final year, a fifth year, and then you can choose to either go for your passport or you can go for your permanent residency. The way things are going, so you do have to speak the language for a passport. And I, I was prepared to take a year solid course beforehand and try to cram it in and speak enough Portuguese to get the passport. But i recently learned that I, I and gotten myself off the hook because I think, given the tax situation, I will prefer to stay a permanent resident here.
1: Yeah, and you're referring to the. Um, I'm not sure what the the official word is, but maybe repeal of the NHR non habitual residency tax scheme or program, is is that what you're talking about, that that's no longer going to be an advantage for Americans living in Portugal?
2: Actually, no, I wasn't speaking about that, but I can tell you that they've just, they had such an uproar over it, they've extended it for one more year. So, and it's well worth doing. However, what I was speaking of is if you choose to become a citizen and get a Portuguese passport, you will then become liable for the tax, all of your taxes to be paid here instead of the U.S., and this is a socialist country where medical is free for a lot of people. So you would be paying staggering amounts of income tax versus what you pay in the US. Because I now my income is in the US, I basically knock on wood they don't have double taxation, so I don't have to pay here. Other than I rent the villa in the summer for July and August, and I pay uh, Portuguese taxes on that, and that's it.
1: Okay, all right, and that that just for our listeners. Uh, and again, I don't want to get into too much detail, but what people like about living in Portugal is, I mean, among the many things you just talked about, but you you don't get that, you get, you have a sort of a tax holiday for 10 years. That's, is that the way you would describe the NHR?
2: Yeah, I think tax holiday is a good way to put it. It's, um, I don't want to get in the weeds either, but it's, it is 10 years where you don't pay capital gain on capital gains other than us. It's It's a very good thing.
1: Okay, but um, unfortunately, that program is on the chopping block after 2024. And then, but folks like yourself are grandfathered in for 10 years. And then, you know, and, and here's the thing you, you kind of have to sit down and do the math because it sounds like the cost of living there is a lot less. Uh, certainly the cost of medical care, certainly, um, going out to eat and things like that. So I don't know how it would all shake out if someone, one of our listeners wanted to move to say Portugal and, and live the storybook life, but they don't get to enjoy that, that 10 year tax holiday that that's eventually going to go away. Uh, I don't yes. know. I don't know what that looks like.
2: I th- rumor has it, and obviously don't hold me to it because the government changes all the time their minds, but rumor has it that, like the Brits, what happened to the Brits is they didn't used to pay anything on their pensions, as they call it, and they now are paying 10%. So they're predicting that after next year, Americans will start paying 10% of their Social Security. So, you know, it, and hopefully you wouldn't double pay. So, see how it works out. The other thing is, I'm not so sure that Portugal won't reverse themselves again after this next year and extend it, the regime for another who knows how many years. I think they're going to struggle as the rest of the world is. We're just seeing, think, seeing the tipping point on inflation and some other things in Europe as well. So I think there's a good chance they might extend it. But if there's any chance you can, that's the advice they give everyone, not just because of the NHR scheme for next year, but it, I should have done two years earlier than I did. I should have gone. And, you know, you just never know. You never think you have enough money you never think it's the right moment and now's the time just just do it
1: yeah and and i know that each european country is different um the culture in portugal it sounds like it's very friendly everyone is open and it's easy to 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 talk to people and make friends uh, that may not be the case, say in France or another country. I, you know, I I lived myself for four years in in Belgium, so I spent a little a little time near that that French culture and in the Belgian culture culture. And I don't think it's at all like what you described in Portugal. So I know that everything is is different.
2: Well, and I think you can find little expat communities, which is part of the, I, I have friends that lived in Brittany for many years in France, and they absolutely loved it. And I said, oh, how are the neighbors? You know, they, Well, they're not French. <laughs> so there are expat communities throughout Europe of different, like there are here in the Algarve, an enclave of expats that all bond and get along very well. So I love France, uh, but it, it's not as easy. It's not just that the people aren't as welcoming, seriously, and that you do need to, although I do speak some French. I think Portugal is easier to. It's the visa is easier. The people are welcoming. The languages, you know, not of an issue. So it's just easy all the way around and a beautiful place to live.
1: Now, do you ever feel like you miss um, seeing some of your old friends, or maybe I don't know if you have grandchildren or or other family members? I know you have a son that that lives, and I think he lives in the U.S. Do you ever yes. miss uh, or seeing some of the folks that are, are back in the states? yes
2: i mean that is always painful right i i that was part of the reason why i was going to just go part of the year back and forth and then i realized i'm talking to my son more in portugal than i was in the u.s he's in california and the time difference is always an issue but with WhatsApp, you know, it's changed my life and i think he misses me more now that i'm farther away across the ocean for some reason instead of across the country so we talk more often and it is difficult not seeing him it's especially difficult of course at the holidays I go back every August. I see him. I see my friends. He usually comes. I very cleverly this year scored uh, Taylor Swift tickets in Lisbon. So I've got him coming this spring. So I find ways to get him here somehow once a year. And then I see him once a year. It, I have other friends that live here, other Americans. They go back more often than I do, but I stay quite a long time when I go. So they have grandkids. So they do go back more often and they, Once again, they're saying we're not the grandparents that are going to raise the grandkids. If I ever have any, I don't plan to, I plan to be the cool grandma that lives in Portugal and they go visit and you can jump in the pool and some other grandma can take them every day and watch them.
1: And and I bet that you have friends you didn't even know you had that all of a sudden are your friends because they want to visit you in Portugal. Is that a a phenomenon? (laughs)
2: Yes. The best part is friends of friends, right? We weren't here very long. And I got a call from a friend who said, and I thought, oh, my God, she's coming to see me. I'm so thrilled. She goes, I've got some friends that are coming through. Can they stay with these three guys, friends of hers? Like, oh, sure. I'd never met them. They turned out to be great. And we had a wonderful time. But yes, Portugal, everybody wants to see. I've got I had tons of friends come to visit. Uh, I've got three groups coming this spring. And another set coming uh, the following months, four groups coming this spring. So yes, certainly when you're first here, I think a lot of your friends will show up. And it's such a beautiful place. I've got friends coming back this year for the second time. So
1: So you sound rested and healthy and happy, and and you probably are doing more walking than you ever did. So if if someone is looking to, to have your lifestyle, wants to maybe move to Portugal. Do you have any advice for them on how they can get started in doing the research?
2: Well, of course they can watch my podcast, not my podcast, I'm sorry, you have a podcast. They can watch my YouTube channel, which is the Glenn and Glenda show. You can easily find it. And I give tips on, you know, very specific, the weeds on the visa, how to buy a home. Um, I think a lot of people ask me about rent or buy, and there is a terrific website, and you can look for either. It's called Idealista, just Ideal, dot com, And you can put rent or buy. And you can, just like you can Zillow at home, you can draw a map or you can pick an area and move it all over. They're all over Portugal and Spain, actually. Um, that's how I found the villa that I looked at so many places online. Real estate works very differently here. So you want to do a lot of your own research. So I would say, obviously, too, uh, one mistake people made I, I think make people make this often and they they think they're going to do a two week whirlwind tour of all of Portugal. You know, I'm going to spend three days in Lisbon and three days up north in Braga and I'm going to spend two days in Porto and then I'm going to go to the Alentejo in the central area and then I'm going to spend a few days in Algarve and when I come home after two weeks, I'm going to decide where I want to live for the rest of my life. That's a mistake, right? So rent. So my advice is there are there are super cheap rentals you can find here particularly in the winter season summer can be more expensive because that's when all the Europeans flood to the Algarve it's such a beautiful place for vacation come in the winter find a way to stay a month or two and and I I say look don't do the good get a cool a beautiful five-star hotel and stay with all the tourists get an Airbnb in a neighborhood go get your hair done talk to the hairdresser go get go shopping cook you know get a place with a kitchen live like a local go have a Pastel de Nata, the little pastry and a coffee at the local coffee shop. Get to know some of the people on the block. I think you'll be sold on Portugal. But if you're not, you'll know it much better that way than the two-week whirlwind tour of hotels here.
1: Yeah, and also, uh, you know, that's good advice for wherever you might want to retire. I tell I tell my clients all the time, if you think you want to move to whatever, Washington or Oregon or wherever you want to go, and you haven't lived there before, or even if it's just a a, a town not far from, from your home hometown, you have to, you have to live there for a bit, maybe rent for six months before you pull the trigger, because you may find that it's not all that you thought, or you you want you would rather live in that neighborhood and not the one that you thought you wanted to live in.
2: Yes. And you can do three months on a you don't need anything, right? You just need your American passport, you don't need any special visa. so so you can stay three months at a time anywhere in Europe on the, in the Schengen area. And I did a lot of that. So it's easy to do simple to get a rental overseas before you show up and just live, live like a local.
1: Very good advice. Very good advice. Okay. So you briefly mentioned it, but if people want to watch your videos, follow you, get your content, learn more, how can they get in touch with you?
2: Thank you, Michelle. There are a couple of ways. One is you can watch our YouTube channel, uh, The Glenn and Glenda Show. Yes, my boyfriend's name is Glenn and my name is Glenda. And that's easy to find on YouTube. You can also go to International Living TV, which is a YouTube channel. I've done a number of episodes for them about Portugal, and they have, of course, episodes from other people in other countries all over Europe and all over the world. That's always fun to watch. You can also email me if you'd like. I respond to a lot of people, probably better there than on the YouTube. It's hard to keep up. So my email, if you don't mind me giving it, is Glenda F, as in Fay, Glenda F. Cole, C-O-L-E, at yahoo.com. And I will try to answer any and all Comers, because as I said, I love, I love to share this place. And I'm finding that the kinds of Americans who are coming to live here are the fun, adventurous spirits that I enjoy as well. So come no, on. that's very,
1: very generous of you. I, am one of the things that struck me about you is how approachable you are. It's very nice of you to, to offer your help. I think there are a lot of people that would love to have the lifestyle that you have, but they're just, they don't know where to start. So you got to start somewhere. And, uh, yeah, the, the, content that you've put out is is phenomenal. So we appreciate so much. You're coming on today and sharing a little bit of your slice of heaven.
2: Thank you. I, like I say, I'd love to share my storybook life.
1: Thank you. Well, and now, you know, Michelle and I probably should be considered friends and we will be booking time to come and stay.
2: <laughs> Please, the, there's four bedrooms in the villa. You can have a couple of them. <laughs> wow,
1: that's great. Yeah. Okay, Michelle. So how can people get in touch with you if they have more questions? Yeah, so if anyone has questions, uh, you can reach me. And probably the best way to find us is gesnerwealthstrategies.com where you can see the contact information quite easily and reach out. Well, thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell.
0: Thank you for listening to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We hope you were inspired to take steps to your financial freedom as you learned new techniques and strategies for managing your finances. To learn more about how you can improve your financial landscape, visit our website at www.gesnerwealthstrategies.com. That's G-E-S-S-N-E-R wealthstrategies.com. Or give Michelle and her team a call at 713-589-6448. And don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes are available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Michelle Gessner or Gessner Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.